All right, and we go live in three, two, one. Hey man, how's it going? Hey, doing pretty good. Hey, you excited <laughs> about the new Spider-Man? Oh, I am super excited. <laughs> it was yeah. almost a debate of, do I want to record this podcast with Cody or am I going to go try to premiere <laughs> this thing? So I just want everybody I to know we sacrificed. We sacrificed. So I want you to know that I sacrificed for this. Uh, so I, I hope it's recorded. Um, yeah, I, I was real close to going and seeing a premiere. So I'll have to miss out on this one. Uh, but definitely going to try and see it as soon as I can. Yeah, same. We'll probably see it tomorrow. Also, there's a Suns game going on right now. William was also invited, and he still yes. decided to record. So Again, we need for to... the record, I want everyone <laughs> to know my commitment to this. As like, I turned down Spider Man and going to see the Suns in order to record this podcast. Many of you say probably one of the worst decisions I've ever made, but yet again, I, I made the decision, uh, and so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> the regret we'll it, may come later, we'll it but worth it. right now, yeah, I'm glad awesome. I'm Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and jump in so you don't sit here and regret your decisions. Um, we had a question come in uh, last week, so I'll go ahead and read it to you, uh, get your thoughts on it. So the uh, question is, so what's the best way to grow $5,000? and be able to use that money inside of 12 months without penalties. I've started a card down payment fund, uh, but it's just a regular checking account, and all I'm doing is adding money to it each paycheck. Uh, it's not even earning the tiny amount of interest my savings, savings account earns. So what's your thoughts, thoughts mm -hmm. on that question? So that one's tough. Um, it's a tough timeline uh, for a year. Um, most people when it the the way the question's kind of phrased you'd say like you know what's one stock i could throw it into that's going to double my money you know <laughs> within a year or something like that and that gets pretty much on the side of like gambling and um and trying to predict an exact outcome because it may take longer than a year it may be a few months more or you know not quite uh ready for when you want to use the cash um so that's a tough thing with the year timeline. <clears throat> I would say the the best thing I would do if, if you're looking at a year, I would move it from a checking account um, just because you don't really, it sounds like you're, they're not going to be using the money regularly. It's just kind of setting aside for when you need the car uh, down payment. So I'd move it from a checking just because you're, you're not going to get anything in a checking. And I would move it to either um, like a money market account that most banks are going to be able to offer. It's just like a savings account. Um, there is a little bit, uh, usually they just have limits on maybe the number of times you can move money. But if it's for one purchase, you're not going to be um, taking money out all the time or regularly. Um, so you're just going to be adding it. So that really won't be a factor. Um, or I would look at like a high yield savings account with usually like online banks. So the banks that are just online, not actually have like a brick and mortar um, place, uh, they actually might have more favorable rates um, uh, for those. So I would either look at one of those two options, you know, just move it from the checking into that. You're not going to get much, just being honest. It's not going to be much of a difference. It's going to be a few cents and maybe a dollar or two. Mm -hmm. um, but it's something. So you only have to get 4,999 instead of the 5,000. Um, so really it doesn't make too much um, of a difference either way you want to go. I'd say the main thing that you'd focus on if it's under a year is 
um, allocating your income. That's going to be the big thing is where is this money coming from? And so what other things maybe need to be scaled back so you can focus on saving for this goal? Because um, it's just tough within a year time frame. There's not a lot you can do strategically to help with that um, just because it's so short term. So, yeah, no, I agree. Do, do you have any like, thoughts uh, on Anything over maybe like five years, you know, you might want to start looking at investments beyond just, you know, throwing in a savings account or something like that. Um, but really the goal here is moving it from a checking to savings. You're really not making anything, obviously. I mean, I looked at the rates just a minute ago and even if you went to like Ally Bank and got a high yield savings account, a money market account, you're going to do like 0.5%. But if you do move mm-hmm. it over to a savings account, it's harder to get to. It being in a checking account, you may be like, Hey, I got this money over here. It's already available. I can just swipe my card. So I would definitely put it over to savings just for, you know, mindset sake mm. um, only. Uh, I mean, me personally, I like putting everything into like envelopes in my mind or envelopes yeah, in or different bank accounts or, or yeah, whatever. You want exactly. Get. I mean, I actually have physical like envelopes and, and a bucket. So <laughs> um, it's just like a way to like say, hey, this is for that and, and let it go. So it's harder to get to. Mm. Um, and, uh, and you know, 0.5% is better than 0.005%, uh, even though in, with inflation, the average being 3% and nowadays it's crazy. Uh, you know, you're not really getting anything, but you know, making that transition, it doesn't cost you anything or, you know, may shouldn't cost you anything, uh, to switch it over. And so just making that little bit of effort, you know, you're putting yourself up in a better situation. So I think that's a good idea, but for 12 months yeah you're right it's, yeah it's, it's just not really tough, gonna do anything yeah it's a tough timeline um so really for anything under um a year like that cash is going to be the way to go just sticking it in a an account um at least in my opinion and then it's tough to estimate out past that of like when do you change that mindset um for me as cody said like that three to five year range or four to five years is where it gets a little tough of uh you know you may want to look at switching over to more of an investment type uh placeholder for it i need to uh, find the stat and maybe we'll we'll push it out on social media if i could find it but there's um basically somebody created a chart to show um the percentage chance that your money's gonna um increase in the stock market based off of the time invested so basically as the the graph goes along let's say you invest you know for two years the percent chance that your money is going to increase is not that big because you never know it could be that one two-year span that the market takes a little bit of a dip and then now you're not going to meet your goal but as you extend out your horizon say to five or ten years the percentage of your money growing goes way up and so really that's where you want to start looking at it. Like anything 10 plus years, you like, I don't want to uh, say the percentage um, until I look it up, but it's, you know, pretty high percentage that you're going to make, you know, it's going to be worth more at the end of that time span um, than it was when you started. Uh, it's just kind of backtracking back to that around the five year range where I would start to kind of shift um, uh, to that. But anything five and up, I would look at investing so it's really just anything less than that, that it's kind of a tough spot where there's not a ton you can do. There's some, you know, small things you can do to help, but nothing big that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. really like, you know, help you like double your money or anything like that. Right. I think this is, 
isn't the stat you're thinking of uh uh for the S&P 500 there's like no 15 year period where if you had invested mm. like taking any time during the uh, life lifetime of the S&P 500 you had invested anything and then go out 15 years that you would have made taken a, a loss yeah that's uh, another that's stat. the stat you're thinking it, of it's similar yeah it's a similar stat um but that's another good one of you know if you just take a 15 year window um sure there'll be up and downs but over that window you won't have lost money um mm-hmm. you know you'll have gained money and so as you extend out that time invested it increases the chances that you know even if there's a short dip or something it's going to have time to come back it's really just when you have a shorter time horizon you know the stock you know stock market may eventually go back up but in that little window when you needed your money it may have done something different and so that's why the longer the time horizon, the more consistent the results you're going to get. Right. So, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a tough spot. I'm in similar things. Like when we talk about sinking funds, that's pretty much what this is. You're doing a sinking fund for your car down payment. Um, so that's, I would just stick in a savings account. That's what I would yeah. do personally. Um, yeah. Hashtag not financial advice, but <laughs> that's just my, my personal We're going to have to put that down in every yeah. video. Uh, every yeah, time I, I would say, say, like, say like this is what i would do you know instead of <laughs> this is what you should do yeah. yeah so yeah i would definitely move it into a savings account and then if i want to increase it uh, increase the rate at which that i am saving um i would not be looking for especially 12 months i would not be looking for investment opportunities to put that money into i would just be finding other ways to save money and yeah. to be able to put more of my paycheck in there yeah, I would uh, look so that, at that would ways to make go. more money or ways to save more money. That's really mm-hmm. where it's going to make the biggest difference in that window is finding a side job or selling something or saving, you know, not spending on something else. Um, that's really where you're going to find your biggest yield in that. So. Absolutely. Thank you for uh, submitting that question. Hopefully that answers your question. If not, you can reach back out to us and say, hey, that was not helpful at all. At all. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did want to bring up something else uh, that I saw lately. Um, that's not really a question, but I thought people may kind of have this thought in their mind of uh, this week. It was announced um, that the Fed um, is looking at um, some rate hikes within the next uh, next year. And so I mm-hmm. believe they said about three rate rate hikes in 2022. Um, and so. I thought that could be something we discuss. I don't know if you have any thoughts, um, but maybe we could just talk about that a little bit um, and educate those that maybe aren't familiar of how this could affect things, you know, going down the road. It's kind of like a, a thing in the news uh, that yeah. people might have questions about. Yeah, I saw it yesterday um, on the Wall Street Journal that they had mentioned uh, three separate price hikes or uh, uh, rate hikes in probably March and then June, and then probably, I think, it's like November or something, but basically the second, third, and fourth quarter okay. um, that they were thinking of, of doing that. And the reason for it is, is when inflation gets so crazy, it's, it's a tool that the Fed has to help regulate inflation. You increase interest rates, and then it helps like lower that inflation. It does bring down the market, but it kind of just kind of brings it down, um, kind of steadies it a little bit. There's a whole lot of stuff involved with rates. I mean, I don't understand it all fully. I know that it affects mortgages, it affects car loans, personal loans, anything loan-based, the interest rates that you get on loans that's from banks mm-hmm. uh, is greatly affected by that. Um, 
at what it's going to do. Like I, I have been asked this recently because of the news. Hey, is this going to cause like a housing market crash? Is this 08 again? What happened in the eighties? Um, and the true answer is we don't know. Or at yeah, least I that's don't always know. a good answer. <laughs> uh, you know, stuff like this is so unpredictable. Like we can say that there's a bubble in the market or we can say that there's, um, you know, we haven't seen something like this before. Inflation's too high, but we really don't know what's going to happen. But in theory, if they handle everything correctly, then in my opinion, uh, the mar- market will probably go down a little bit. Housing market will probably slow down. It won't drop. It won't like fall like yeah. 2008 because 2008 was kind of a different thing that had to do with mortgage backed securities and just some bad, bad loans being sold as securities. Uh, so the new rules have been in place to prevent that um, new regulation. So 08 should not happen again, but there'll definitely be less buying. But we still have like supply chain issues. Uh, there's still a lot of demand. Mm-hmm. So there's a ton of people moving from California, New York, places up north to places like Florida, Texas, Georgia, and I even think Phoenix, um, Arizona. Yeah. And so those markets may never see this crash, quote unquote, if it ever happens, just because of the supply and demand alone mm-hmm. of, you know, the demand of of housing and then the supply being so low because of supply chain issues and mm. um new house shortages so um what's gonna happen i have no idea uh but that is news that something's gonna happen and we're all anticipating seeing it so i don't know yeah. what's your thoughts on that yeah it's uh um yeah it's tough to predict exactly what stuff's gonna look like um that's why nobody can predict the future and it always seems like it you know keeps happening year over year where we're like trying to just predict what the next year's gonna hold and nobody's usually ever right um but with this um cody and i have said for a long time we we want to maybe do in like an uh econ 101 or economics 101 course um and by course i mean just like series or something maybe a series of it other videos that we do kind of explaining economics um uh just from a simple level nothing too in-depth um so i won't go uh in-depth here um maybe saving that for another uh series but um, basically what we talk about with the fed changing rates is just the federal, uh, uh, funds rate. So it's the rate at which they, they set borrowing of, um, of money. And so the way you want to, um, think about it, um, and it's a simple example, but, um, of like a gas pedal in your car. So as you press the gas pedal down, the car speeds up, right? If your car is mm-hmm. working right, <laughs> that's how it should be. Um, <laughs> So with rates, the lower the rate, so as the pedal goes down, the lower the rate, the faster the market or the more growth in the market, the more opportunity for growth, which makes sense, right? Like if it's cheaper to borrow money, the rates are lower. Say, you know, I can borrow money pretty cheap. Then I'm going to borrow some money, funnel into my business. You know, things are going to kind of get moving. Whereas when it gets rates increase, it's going to get more expensive. It's going to be more difficult to get your hands on more money. Um, or it's just going to cost you more. So maybe you're a little more reluctant at borrowing, which is going to kind of slow things down. And it goes into, as you mentioned, other areas of borrowing. This also affects, uh, and especially in investments where, you know, if I can get a certain return from one investment, but that changes with the rate change, then I may look at a different investment. 
usually with stocks versus bonds. With rates really low as they've been, bonds haven't really been a feasible option um, for most people, you know, unless you had bonds before. Because rates are so low, you're just like, I'm going to invest in the stock market. But as rates increase, you're like, oh, bonds, that's not bad. And so some people might shift over from stocks into bonds. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that's kind of the, the pivot is right now, the Fed has been a long time, been pedal to the metal, you know, lowering rates and holding there for a while, which is sped up growth. Um, and so we've seen a lot of, um, you know, return in the stock market lately. But as you mentioned, Cody, there's also been wild inflation. So they don't want things to get out of control where it's just things are growing and things, you know, it gets um, out of hand. So that's why they're just letting up on the pedal a little bit. They're increasing those rates, um, slowing things down. Now, you know, it's not um, people may disagree with certain approach by whoever the Fed chair is, you know, the person in charge. Um, you know, do they raise rates too fast? Did they go too slow? That's where, you know, it can kind of, um, you can mm -hmm. kind of debate their move of like, well, if you raise rates too fast, will everything collapse, you know, or if you don't slow it down, you know, if you don't raise them fast enough, it's going to get out of control. So that's where it gets kind of, um, crazy, but in a, in a big sense, what they're just saying is they're just trying to level things out, slow it down a little bit, let up on the gas, um, and hopefully have things settle down. That's, that's pretty much the approach. Um, you know, in the long term, big cycle of things, that's usually where you'll see a little bit of a dip in the economy uh, when rate increases happen. Um, but to Cody's point, I, I wouldn't, you know, some people are predicting a crash or things like that. That's all depends. Um, you know, it's really not exact of, oh, when this happens, then it's exactly, um, you know, this is the response. And then another thing to consider I know I'm saying a lot, um, is there's always a lag in the market. So it's not like in the dates that you mentioned, let's say second quarter, third quarter, and fourth quarter next year, the Fed raises rates. You're not going to see things usually until 10 or 12 months after it happens, when you're actually mm -hmm. going to see the effects of it hit the market. So don't expect, I mean, there may be some immediate response, but uh, as far as actually leveling things out, it's going to take some time for it to actually, you know, go into effect and uh, start to, you know, um, see things change. So also keep that in mind as like, there's going to be some immediate stuff, but really it's going to be a more long-term, um, yeah. you know, change. The um, immediate stuff will be more like emotions, people selling, yeah, just reaction, buying, yeah. just Do reaction. It. And then the 10 to 12 months later will be actually affected by the decisions that were made. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it's kind of like, you know how like news of the coronavirus, um, the the market immediately dropped that day. Just just the news itself that it came to America or that mm -hmm. it existed. Something like that probably will occur. In fact, yesterday at the announcement of the rates, I believe the market went up some. Yeah, it went or, up. So again, it, like, another reason. Up. So you never know because yeah, you would expect you it know, to go you'd down. Expect it to go down, but it went up. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like rules are broken all the time we have rules of yeah. thumb but it's very unpredictable and that's yeah. why we we don't try we just tell you be prepared exactly so the big thing to remember if you get nothing else out of this discussion where i uh rambled on is remember the gas pedal that's all if you can remember that you have a great topic of conversation coming up at the <laughs> holidays you'll be the smartest <laughs> one there of just remember that you know when rates increase 
you know, speed, you know, you decrease the, the gas pedal. And when you lower rates, you're pushing down on the gas pedal on the economy. Boom. Finance one. So rates, rates, rates yeah, is the gas pedal of the economy. Yeah. That's that's the manipulator that the the Fed uses to control the, the market is the borrowing rate. Oh. Yeah. Or, you know. Sweet. Well, now you guys have a topic for Christmas dinner. Yeah. When somebody boom. asks about inflation. Because I'm sure uncle. it's going to be talked about. Yeah. Uh, Bring it up. Turkey, uh, like meats have gone up so much. Um, I know we joked about last week of like having to go cheap on on turkey and just like packing a bunch of like yeah lunch like meat together and glazing it turkey yeah. yeah you may have to go vegan because apparently meats are gone gone up like 40 percent. so yeah so it's going to be a topic of conversation so when you know you that one crazy family members you know spouting off weird things you can just be like well i heard that the rates are actually you know this is how it works and then you can explain it to them so you're welcome <laughs> um but we do want to go had, in more into econ sometime um yeah because i think it's helpful seeing how everything connects um so we'll have to do i think we're gonna do separate videos on that and yeah i wanted to have like some production value in it not just like podcasty where it's just yeah. two guys and a webcam and some mics i want to actually like probably have some charts explain it the best we can put a lot more prep and, and involvement into it uh but i think that'd be good um so if you guys want something like that uh do let us know uh comment let us know that that's something you're interested in kind of our take on econ uh because i know that you know there's there's the basic rules and and then there's also like some opinions and uh, mm. so we'll give you a little bit of our our flair of of how we perceive things uh when we look at the market and look at uh economics uh but we had one last uh topic um we're not doing too bad on time um it was about giving why do we do it and how and how it's a great question how how do you give william how do I give? <laughs> how does one give? How um, does one give? It's simple. It's yeah. It's actually more complicated a, than yeah, that. It's yeah. It, it can't be more complex than you know we uh, we make it out to be. Um, and I don't want to say it's controversial. I don't want to say controversial, but it could be debated it can, on. It can be. Yeah. You know, of should you give? Um, you know, or should you kind of get your money? Do what you want with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say my my personal approach in this, you know, will will depend. Is uh, I think generosity should play a part of your financial plan. Um, most people will talk about it at say their goal. So say you know by the, the quote, I want to get rich and then I'll get give away a bunch of money. Great, great plan. I think it should also be a part of the journey, and not just when you get you know, to wherever you want to go. Because I feel like if you build a habit of keeping in as much as you can, by the time you actually get some real money, odds are you're going to keep that habit of just wanting to keep it for yourself. It's not going to be enough. Now, I know that depends on the person, but um, I I think it should be a part. Um, Now, um, you know, Cody and I have talked before about us going to church. And so, you know, often it's uh, assumed and uh, rightly so. Uh, that that does play a part in our giving. Uh, and so just being honest with that, um, you know, Cody and I, um, you know, both give 10%, um, you know, to local ministries or to nonprofits, um, you know, however you want to do that. 
So that may not be the same for your situation. And so, you know, totally fine. Um, you know, I don't want to assume that that's the, the same case uh, uh, for you. So at whatever level you can, I think giving should still be a part. Um, first off, I think for just mindset of, um, you know, I think other people have, have said this, it's like having an open hand versus a clenched fist. Um, I think it's easier to handle money when you don't have it clenched. I got to hold on as much as I can when it's more free. Um, and then the other thing is I think awareness of community. Um, I, we, Cody and I talk about money a lot, but I hope you get at least from some of the conversations we have that people are what's most important, not money. So we do these things and talk about money so that we can really spend more time focusing on the people in our lives that we want to or ourself. Um, and so we want to spend. So I think giving helps us focus on people rather than things. Um, and so it focuses on the need around us. Um, and so I think that's helpful, uh, to not get so caught up with, this is my money that I'm budgeting, my, my money that I'm earning. And instead saying, yes, I want to work hard and yes, I'm setting money aside, but maybe I could do a little bit extra and out of that overflow, I can also help others that are in need. And I think it helps you look outside of yourself instead of just getting focused on, you know, your own needs. It helps you see the needs of others around you and just be a better human, <laughs> a better person mm -hmm. in your community, regardless of if it's, you know, a religious organization or anything like that. Um, you know, I think just giving to those in need just helps you uh, kind of broaden your scope uh, of what you're looking at, um, you know, instead of just throw, keeping everything for yourself. Um, and so at least that's what I would say as far as mindset. What would, do you have any thoughts on that, Cody, as far as the mindset of like why you should give? Do you have anything else? No, I, th any I think you, you hit it perfectly. I mean, it's, it's about people. It's not about money, really. I mean, when you... It, it, when we talk about giving, I mean, let's let's say like we're at the grocery store and we swipe and they say, hey, would you like to round up to, you know, Children's Healthcare of Atlanta or something like that? That's that's what we have over here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'll usually round that up. I'm like, sure, there's no problem. And I feel a little bit I feel good about it. You know, it's like, all right, they got my, you know, 38 cents and really, really helping. Right. Um. So there is a there is a factor of it does make you feel good. And I want to seem selfish, but there is a for there is a way to like. Totally fine. It makes you yeah. feel good. And there are people, philanthropists and entrepreneurs who give a lot of money and they'll just tell you it's it's a joy to them to mm. to just give. And Dave Ramsey talks about that. He talks about, you know, the whole goal of, of building wealth is to be able to give it away. And so um, there there is that factor in it. And so I want to hit that point a little bit. It's fun. Mm. Um, but you got to get there. Yeah. And it's it was very difficult for me. Um, so by making it a habit. I was able to see beyond it. So for example, uh, the typical tithe of 10% going to your local ministry, whatever uh, church or religious organization you're a part of. Um, it's kind of like one, it's, it's kind of like a commandment, but then two, we're told to be a, a joyful giver. And we were talking about that a little bit. And uh, so when you do that, it's, it's mm -hmm. nice to see it helps, you know, missionaries and missionary will come in and they'll talk about like, the great donations that the church get did. And then you, you were a part of that. And so there's it, there's a good, like feel good factor about it as well, but then you're also helping. But if you make a conscious effort to do it and do it regularly, you'll start to be more conscious about where you're putting it. 
Mm-hmm. And you'll start to be conscious about how it's being used. And that's important. So giving is not, you don't want to just give freely. I don't want to say it like that, but you want to give with purpose. You want to have a purpose mm-hmm. with what, what yeah. you're giving. And so when we started, my wife and I started doing that, we would start to find other things, other people that, that needed help beyond the 10% that we were giving. And it was hard. And there's sometimes that we just can't do it. Right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can, sometimes we'll say, well, Hey, we could put money into the sinking fund or we could stop that delay that, that goal for ourselves mm-hmm. and, and maybe give that to somebody else, somebody in need, um, you know, maybe buy them dinner, maybe, um, cook a meal for them, uh, take them to wherever they need to go, help them, you know, let them use your car, buy them a part, you know, just stuff like that. Uh, that's awesome. But like what you were saying, if you don't make it a habit, if you don't consciously put an effort into it, when those kinds of events arise where somebody's in need, you might not be so willing full to pull out your wallet and help them out. And I know like uh, I got, I had that a lot when I lived in Atlanta. It's a lot mm-hmm. of people on the side of the road, you know, just begging, begging for money, begging for help. And I just thought, you know, no, I'm not going to not going to give any money. But then over time, uh, I started thinking, you know what, as I was giving, I was like, this could be something that could be helpful. And so I would have a little bit of extra cash always in my wallet to be able to give. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of not part of my budget, but kind of was as like, mm-hmm. if I ever did get that opportunity, then I would try to help out. And there's that feel good factor. I mean, that's a big deal. You know, yeah. you feel good and uh, you're helping people. And so but yeah. you do want to make it conscious. You don't want to, you don't want to just yeah. be just handing out money left and right because money can also hurt people and so you want to make sure that you're focusing on it and being uh like you talked about your community knowing what is in the community it helps you get involved helps you know what's going on because you're putting money to it when you put money into something Mm -hmm. you want to get something out of it right you want to see people succeed or you want to see people get help and so you may put a little bit of research into that Mm -hmm. nonprofit. say uh i don't know if they're going to handle this money right i need to go find a good one that to give our 10 percent or whatever you decide to to make a difference and Mm. so and that kind of mentality to focus on your community to focus on other people it's just healthy all the way around and it goes beyond just that that giving habit yeah and i think giving um you know we talk about a lot around the holidays um you know we give gifts but then also it's usually just a time of generosity and so i think you, you know you brought up good points about you know, it should be kind of be fun. Like that, sh- it shouldn't be a grudge thing of like, oh, I gotta give, you know, it should be a fun thing of like, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're coming from a position of strength of having money and budgeting. Um, and so it should be a joy to be able to, to help others. Cause the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, um, even if we're struggling, odds are there's somebody who has it worse than us. And it's, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's one small way that we can sacrifice and help those less fortunate than us. Um, even if we are still struggling, you know, with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it's, uh, you know, I'd say a key thing is that you brought up is budget it. I think if you don't have it in your budget, it's not going to happen. Um, you know, odds are it won't. Um, and be willing to be flexible with your budget if you need to. If like, all right, we got to cut, cut down on something, as you said, you know, to, to kind of fund this. Um, and then I think I'd find times, you know, where you can put a little bit extra, like, you know, I'll just say my wife and I, we usually just set aside just a little bit of money each month that we go into, um, 
kind of an extra fund. So this isn't the 10%, um, but just a little bit of if there's a need that comes up or somebody, you know, um, you know, something happens to somebody we know or, you know, comes to our attention where we have just a little set aside that we can give to that. It's not much, but it's something. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, you know, just allocating that money each month is it also helps our awareness of where can we give it. So we're looking for needs around us. The other thing I'll say that's important that you brought up um, is being intentional with your giving. Uh, I think that's a huge thing of like, and I think it enhances the joy when you get specific about where your money's going. Because I think we, we do give a lot to like big organizations that, you know, um, or big charities that we send funds to. And I think that's, if you want to do that, that's helpful. But I think there's also an extra bonus um, to, for it to be a specific situation that you're giving to. So like an example would be like giving to a nonprofit that um, maybe provides groceries for struggling families. That would be a great need to give to. But also what would be really good is if you somehow heard about a family in your community that was struggling and you were able to buy those groceries for them. I think it mm -hmm. enhances that joy factor and makes it a little more real. And then to your point, you're also seeing exactly where that money's going. Um, and so I think trying to weigh those things out of, you know, there are a lot of great organizations doing work, but I think being able to, you being the one actually, you know, making it happen and seeing the gift go through, I think that enhances it for you, um, you know, as well. And so, um, you know, that can kind of enhance it. And then I, I think, you know, you do have to be thoughtful on is money the best solution in this case? Um, cause you, money's not the only thing that you can give. You can give of your time of maybe your resources or influence advice. Um, you know, and maybe there's certain things you can do like, uh, maybe you've got a hobby or you've got a certain skill of like, you know, making something or you like cooking or baking. So you don't have to think just monetarily. You can think of other ways that you can give. And so I think that mm -hmm. can be, um, you know, helpful as well of when needs come up, maybe money isn't the solution that you can give and money might not be the best solution. Um, there's a good book I read. Um, it's called When Helping Hurts. Um, and the premise of the book is examining situations where throwing more money or resources didn't solve the problem. It needed another level of thought of like, okay, how is this going to affect those that we're giving and trying to find the best situation for them? And it may not just be throwing some money at them and hoping for the best. It's like actually spending your time getting to know them. What do they need? They may just need, you know, somebody to talk to. Um, and so I, I think going into that and then as you get into specific situations, it helps you discern that. I think that's, um, you know, a good way to kind of see what's the real need here um, and then helps you out as well. Yeah, and I like that. Um, and we are getting to the holiday season, so it will be a lot mm -hmm. of giving. And so keep yeah. that in mind as well as even when you're buying like Christmas gifts and stuff, it is a good time to. You, know, you may feel obligated, but you are giving. You know, this is a this yeah. is a giving time. So yeah, we don't, don't think feel about obligated. that. It's, like, it's always an obligation to get Christmas gifts. We don't think of it actually as like giving. It's just assumed, yeah. you know. So I think you know, see that as you know an act of of service that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah, and including like you know just taking somebody out to dinner, going out to dinner, spending mm -hmm. your time with them. That's a I mean, gift. spending your holiday yeah. with somebody. You know, that mm -hmm. is a gift. You you decided that you wouldn't spend it with 
whoever it was, you decide to spend it with them. And that, that means a lot. So there's a lot of ways to spend time or spend something that's not money that can still help somebody or, or, you know, change their life. So yeah, dude, that was good. Yeah. I think generosity Uh, is a huge part. I think it should be, I think it helps your soul and helps to your point, your happiness. Um, so I think you should be generous in everything you do, not just with, yeah. with money. But. Our challenge for new year, find a way to give. Mm-hmm. Find new, a way. New year's resolution. Small, just do something do and something. hopefully you'll love it as much as you should. Like, cause it, yeah. it should be the most fun you can have with money is yeah. giving it. So we need it. We need to do that. We'll, we'll maybe post that help remind everybody, but that'd be a good good new year's resolution is habitual giving some form Mm -hmm. of regular giving doesn't have to be much but it just has to be conscious and it has to be consistent um and just kind of see how how you feel over the year yeah don't be a scrooge yeah you got it don't be a scrooge (laughs) (laughs) so awesome dude well i think we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap it up we're about at time but um hope you guys have a good holiday week next week uh we may have another recorded episode next week we'll see kind of see how our our plans going but uh but we do appreciate you guys listening and we will see you next time see you guys